Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Rage. Presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Murray's gonna score! Touchdown! Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Right on the price. Right on the corner of the Santan 202 Freeway in Val Vista. SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury. All right, Red Sea, you heard it. Let's unleash it. Absolutely time to let it rip, as JG might say. You know what? It's time to hit the big red reset button, and we're going to do so right here on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are live from Trophy and Chandler, everyone, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson and Ron Wolfley, if I may. I'm going to start with the final words from Kyla Murray at his press conference today. And I quote, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> that qualifies in my book as a double ding. Have yeah, we, that is a double ding. Polly. It's been the forever wait for Kyla Murray. And finally this Sunday, we take the wraps off the franchise QB1, K1. Cannot wait to see it, first of all, right? I mean, very, very excited right now to see Kyla Murray, one of the most talented, explosive athletes in the National Football League get back under center this time get back under center get in the shotgun get in the pistol we're going to see a multiple varied offense a lot different than what we've seen in the past what will Kyler Murray do for that offense Paulie and what will the offense do for Kyler Murray I cannot wait to see it just like we can't wait for the next hour to hear from our very special guest who was there at practice all week. He can tell us all about it, and we're going to hear all about him and his rookie season. How about a big Red Rage welcome for Dante Stills, everyone? Oh, here we go. Okay. That's a standing O right there, Paul. Be it, safe. Be that's safe. a standing O. In our nearly two decades of this show, I don't think Ron Wolfley has ever given <laughs> any guests. That includes Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden. I don't care who it was. Nobody has received a standing ovation until now, Dante. Let me guess. Where did you go to college, Dante? At West Virginia University. Oh. Wait a minute. Wait, it's West by God, West by Virginia, God. Yes, of yes, course. Yes. Thank wow. you very much. Wow. Okay, so Homerism is alive and well here yes. in the Big Red Rage. Yes, I get yes. it. All right. Dante, how are we doing on this Thursday evening? Doing good. Um, a long week, um, and I was ready to play uh, on Sunday. So, you know, you know what? You're doing a lot better than the Thursday night matchup. You know, we're the original Thursday night football, and this game yeah. is bringing our brand down tonight. Mm -hmm. Come on, Carolina at Chicago. Al Michaels is already whining about that game, so yeah. there's no reason to pay attention. You know what, Paul? Yeah. Seriously, right now, that's professional <laughs> football. I don't care. I don't care what the records are. I love watching football, man. I don't care. Watch some of the dudes on the field just railroad each other. Come right. on, Paulie. So there's our segue. All right, your biggest takeaway about NFL football so far, right? Here we are, week 10. You tell us, Dante, if one of your teammates from West Virginia who's still playing college ball called yeah. you and said, okay, tell me about the league, what would you tell them? 
It's crazy because I, I get conversations like that all the time, but I tell them, like, it's different. Like, it's definitely no joke. Um, you know, college is fun. You know, it, it's, it's hard in the moment, but once you get to the first game, well, I didn't play the first game. I was down, but after that, you know, it's definitely a way different feeling than college football. Um, sore every, after every game. Like, you know, I tell them, you know, a one game in the NFL is kind of like a half a season in uh, college, I feel like. But, I mean, overall, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm, you know, I'm flying around. I'm just trying to. I do the best I can for the team, and, uh, and that's all, yeah, for sure. You know, it was so weird, uh, my rookie year in 1985. <laughs> oh, my goodness, was it really 1985, Paulie? <laughs> 1985, my rookie year, Dante, I can tell you right now, I ran into Harry Carson. Nobody's going to really know who Harry Carson was, but Harry Carson was a great inside linebacker. His head, his head was literally three feet long. I mean, I kid you not, it was just massive. From his jaw to his crown, the cranium, it was just huge, and he just stuck it on you all yeah. the time. I had a, a play where I ran into him. It, I believe it was the second game we played of the season. I ran into him, busted him right in the yeah. face, and... And all of a sudden, I went back to the huddle, and I was like, man, that was Harry Carson. That was Harry Carson. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, I had my moment yeah. early on. Mm -hmm. Have you had that moment in the National Football League yet? Have you had a, what am I doing out here? That's so-and-so right there. Have yeah. you had that moment at all? It's, it's crazy because, you know, I um, I call my mom after games and my grandparents, my brother, and I tell them, like, I get a bunch of texts, you know, so I, I sack Burrow and I sack Lamar. And, uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's just crazy because, you know, you know, growing, I'm, I'm watching these guys, you know, since I, I'm high school, college, you know. I'm watching you know, Lamar win MVP, watching him win a Heisman, Burrow, Heisman, National Championship. So, you know, just seeing them guys out there, it's kind of crazy. You're like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, I watch these guys for years, you know, on Sundays and, you know, Mondays, stuff like that. So it's definitely, you know, a crazy feeling being out there, but at the same time, you know, I feel like I belong. Um, that's great. No, it, it's like, like there is times where it's like, dang, like, <laughs> that's Lamar. But, you know, but at the same time, you know, I got a job to do. And that's right. And it's to get to him. So, well, we're going to get in depth into your season so far. OK, and college. All right. And we'll hear all Wolf stories. OK, and all that. I got a fun factoid about West Virginia. OK, a theory we'll get to a little bit later. But talking about star power, talking about elite quarterbacks. Yeah. Let's talk about Kyla Murray and let's hit. The rewind button to a couple of weeks ago when we asked Hollywood Brown, all right, look, you guys have been besties ever since your Oklahoma days. Mm -hmm. What do you know about Kyler Murray coming back that maybe other guys are going to find out? Um, he's just a very electric player. Hang on. Here's Hollywood Brown. Sorry, Dante. Here you go. Let's hear from Hollywood Brown. I think they all know he's not coming back to just be average. He's coming back to prove a point, and I think they'll, they'll realize it very quickly. What do you think that point is? That he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league and that he's a winner. So that's what he wanted to show. He's about as motivated. I mean, just talking to guys in the locker room, he, he, yeah. he's out not just to play but to prove a point, isn't he? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like he, you know, I, I wouldn't say I watched the game, but, you know, of last year, you know, I, you know, everybody got the news on, you know, all the social medias that he did get an injury. And, uh, you know, just seeing him, you know, just, just through the OTAs and stuff like that, get back and just doing a bunch of treatment and stuff like that, it's kind of crazy to see because, you know, it's just – it's unfortunate because, like, the, the game of football is kind of – it's just – it's risky. You know, you, you, you guys get injured all the time. But, you know, just the way that, you know, I see him working you know, as a rookie, you know, it's, 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 it's definitely motivating. I cannot wait to see it myself, Paulie, mm -hmm. right now. It really is. I mean, Kyler Murray again, how are they going to use him? 
Um, is it, is it going to be under center? To what degree is he going to be under center? Anyone that has listened to me over the last three years, <laughs> you know I think that's where he's got to grow his game and evolve his game and hand the ball off. And my job is done here. Okay, maybe I'm going to fake a boot or a waggle, <laughs> whatever it may be, but hand the ball off and let a guy like James Conner run the ball. How much James Conner? Are we really going to see? There there are so many questions that this actually opens up, Paulie, right now. And Dante, I mean, I would imagine that Kyler Murray is not only going to go under center, but he's also going to be in the shotgun. He's also going to be in the pistol. I would imagine we're going to use different personnel groups. I, I mean, just how varied do you see this offense being going forward? Um, you know, like I said, you know, just going against the offense and seeing Kyler kind of move around, you know, this past week is it, definitely different. Um, he's definitely a player that can extend plays um, and create explosive plays. Um, like, I, you know, I would say I always say this, like back in college, I played him my freshman year when he, um, his, I think it was his last year. And uh, he just, you know, he's just very explosive. That's the only time I really get to, got to play against him my freshman year. But, you know, seeing that right there, just, just it said enough. So. You know, I'm, I am excited for him to get, um, to get back and uh, playing, for sure. Did you ever get into the backfield? Did, did you get close to him? <laughs> um, I got close, but it just didn't work out. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it didn't work out very well on my part. See, and that was great about you sacking Lamar Jackson one and a half times yeah. is because I talked to guys who had played against Lamar before, and they're like, you know, on TV it might look like you're close to Lamar. You're not really close because yeah, yeah. he, he kind of sees you in his rear view. And, and you don't think he sees you, but he sees you. And, oh, yeah. And Kyler Murray is one of the few quarterbacks yeah. you can put in that class 100%. with Lamar Jackson. 100%. I definitely agree. So, Dante, what do you think is going to be the hardest part of it for Kyler Murray? What do you think is going to be the biggest hurdle he's got to get over mm -hmm. in order to be able to go out there and play? You know, I would say um, it's his first game back, so, yes. he, so he has to get back in the rhythm you know, of a game. Um, but I would say, you know, I feel like he's been playing, you know, like like his whole life. So I feel like, you know, just the, the skill aspect he has, yeah. he still has the IQ, um, the playmaking ability. But, you know, overall, I feel like, like that would be the biggest thing, just to get back into the rhythm of a, you know, game. I, yeah, that's about it, yeah. Well, he spent, you know, a good amount of time with the media today. First time we'd heard from Kyler since training camp. And he was asked what he learned just by going through the injury process. Here's Kyler Murray. You know, I just feel like I gained a new level of resiliency with this. Um, I already felt like had that chip on my shoulder, you know, uh, never out of anything, never down. I always feel like I can win anything. But uh, when you go through something like this, you find out really quick about, you know, who you are and what you're about. So I think everything happens for a reason. That was a good line. I feel like I've gained a new level of resiliency, quote, end quote. I asked him, you know, just about the process of trusting the knee, and he said if he was thinking about the knee and his health, he wouldn't be out there, that he's already proven that to himself. I thought it was interesting, Paulie, that uh, he's not going to wear a brace. He's not going to wear the brace. I thought that was really interesting right there. And I thought that was uh, also encouraging that he wasn't going to wear the brace because that tells me he doesn't want to think about the fact that he's he's actually recovering from the ACL. I, I love that decision right there, Paul. JG told the media earlier in the week, you know, hey, you guys might want to pump the brakes a little bit, temper your expectations, first game back off injury, first regular season, full contact, full speed football, and and Kyler said, yeah, J.G. mentioned that to me, and, and I laughed. I said, no, that's not the way I'm thinking. That's not the expectation for myself. That he said he was told the nine-month mark was key in the rehab process, and he said when he did get the nine-month mark, it was remarkable mm -hmm. that he did feel that he was back.
And so here we go. I mean, it's going to be 11 months basically between games. How many times, Paulie, have you experienced in your life, and I know it's been a lot that you've been knocked down, Paul. How many <laughs> times have you been knocked down? Don't, don't make but me. you know what? Better for it because you got back up, right? I mean, this is what I think is going to happen with Kyler Murray. He's going to be better for it because he got knocked down. I mean, Dante, the, the truth is, Wolf would have a better chance against that Santan Ford F-150 out there than Harry Carson back in the day. I mean, really, <laughs> that, that's really that's really the honest two bits about it, okay? Uh, Cardinals in focus, speaking to Jonathan Gannon. About an hour ago, I heard him yelling down the hallway. I mean, the dude's energy is unbelievable. If you want to catch him, 12 news, 9.30 a.m., Cardinals in focus on Sunday. We continue with Dante Stills on the Big Red Rage, brought to you by Santan Ford and Gilbert. With the 213th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Dante Stills, defensive tackle, West Virginia. Down goes the quarterback, Dante Stills. Bum rushes the pocket for the sack. Throwing it away again, far side out of bounds. Dante Stills, rookie out of West Virginia with pressure. It's West Virginia, it's West Virginia, <laughs> the fight of every mountaineer. Snap to Lamar Jackson, he steps up to run, now backs up again, hit and sack back at the 29 by Stills. In trouble and sack back at the 26 yard line. Dante Stills again. And Dante Stills just kept working, kept driving the feet, came off and got the sack. Hit in the backfield and tackled at the 20. Dante Stills, boy, the rookie from West Virginia starting to come into his own. Dante Stills coming off and making that play, whipping the Cleveland Browns at the point of attack. Snap to Burrow, straight drop back, hit, wrapped up and sacked back at the 19 by Stills. For Dale Wolfley, the former West Virginia Mountaineer who passed yesterday, Dante Stills, a fellow Mountaineer, making the entire Wolfley family proud. What a great game he's had in the first half. What a great way to register your first career sack. How about that, everyone? Oh, How about yeah. that highlight montage right there? So many highlights that our Jim, uh, Jim Omohundra, our producer, is going to have to take Friday off. You're wearing them out over there, putting all those highlights together through uh, this season so far, your rookie campaign. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and Dante Stills, our special guest on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, live from Trophy in Chandler, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson. And, yeah, a poignant moment there, whether you knew it or not. And I think you found out after the game. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and Wolf was not at that game for yeah. the first time yeah. in two decades, and it was because of the connection to West Virginia. And I'll let you guys fill in the blanks, but um, you know, Wolf wasn't there. But you know what? He was there in memory. And then speaking of in memoriam, what you did and what Dave called out on the fly during that play, I know you became aware yeah. of the Wolf Man, as you refer to yeah, him, Dale Wolf, Wolfley. Wolf Man. Uh, you know, Wolfman was definitely a uh, high-energy guy. Every time I spoke to him, you know, he was always positive, always giving me advice. Um, you know, I, I, I know his kids very well. You know, they, were, they went to college there, and they, just, they grew up there. So I would see him around a lot, you know, with sports and stuff like that. So um, it was unfortunate news. You know, uh, I found out after the game. Um, it was just sad. You know, I, it was unexpected. Like, no one, you know, I said, like, I, I didn't think it was ever going to happen, honestly. Um, like I say, you know, just a positive guy. Always, he's, he he loves West Virginia football. He he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a ride or die, um, and you know, we will miss him for sure. Yeah, he definitely. He was um, he was all about ball, and especially West Virginia ball. 
no doubt about it. Um, interesting, your hometown is Fairmont. Fairmont, West Virginia. <laughs> now, Fairmont, West Virginia, man, you've got to drive. I cannot tell you how many times I've driven right by Fairmont, down I-79, of yep. course. Yep. I, the interstate you're very, very familiar with. Uh, drove right by it, going from Buffalo to Morgantown, mm-hmm. West Virginia, of course. You drive right by it right there. Talk to me about Fairmont, West Virginia. Population 18,000. What is that like growing up? It's crazy. You know, in the mo- yeah, I'm, I, I just, you know, it's, it's a blessing being from there. Um, small town, you know, everybody just profitable, you know, with sports and, you know, just life. You know, I feel like, you know, I'm, all my friends, family's there, um, still supporting me. Um, I miss them. Like, I really do. Um, it's just, you know, it's a blessing. You know, it's, it's a small town. Uh, not a lot of, you know, like, you, you, I mean, like, there's a lot of athletes that came out. But, you know, just exceeding, exceeding the level, you know, I'm just I'm just blessed. Um, you know, I just. But, but you yeah. like the fact that it was a small town? I mean, yes. did, did yeah. you do you like a small town? Yeah. yeah, I'm very, you know, I'm not used to like a big city. So this is the first <laughs> time for me, you know, being out of, of, of my state. Um, you know, I was there for 23 years, um, spent, you know, college, you know, high school, everything. Um, but, you know, being out here, you know, I love it out here. Um, it's, it's very different. Uh <laughs> I love the weather. It's very, it's warm. You know, all, all year I feel like all year round. Even though it's it's cool right now, I right. like this. It's just you know, I like to wear a hoodie. You know, so, um, but you know, I love it out here. It's definitely different. But um, you know, I, all my people back home, you know, they're cheering me on. And I just I appreciate everybody. You know, it's I, I, it's it's kind of hard to put in words just because you know I'm just in the moment and uh, I'm just kind of just trying to just yeah, just do my job and. You know, play ball, but you know, to other people and like people, my friends back home, they you know, they always send me videos of me on TV, <laughs> and they're always just like, "I'm proud of you," and I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm just happy for you, and that's really all I want. You know, I just want to make people proud. You know, my family back home, I want to make them proud, and I, I just don't want to be, you know, kind of a guy that, that should have done it, or you know, stuff like that. So it's just, I, t- I take everything to heart uh, when it comes to West Virginia with people. You know, a lot of people don't know. If West Virginia is a state, it's, it's kind of – I've had to explain that a few times to people. They're like, Virginia? I'm like, no, it's West Virginia. So the whole state. But, you know, I get it. You know, it's – but I, I take that personal. So I'm just trying to put, you know, my family, you know, yes. town, town on the map. Well, okay. So Dante stills is our guest. You hail from Fairmont, West Virginia. You're not the only one. The birthplace of Nick Saban mm-hmm. and Mary Lou Retton. Olympic yeah. gold Nick medalist. Sa- Did yeah, you yeah. say Nick Saban? Paul? Nick Saban, yeah. Ron Wolfley. Okay. Don't, uh, we, we don't need to hear about your travails no, with Nick don't. Saban. Exactly. Uh, here's the other thing. Um, notable alums from your uh, Fairmont Senior High School, uh, Jim Delegate, who's known as the creator of the Big Mac. According to his Wikipedia page, <laughs> come on, the creator <laughs> of the Big Mac. He never got royalties, by the way. Oh. Never? Oh, okay. Wow, it's too bad oh, wow. for, yeah, the Delegati oh, family goodness. on that one. Um, so there's that. Speaking of families, uh, fun factoid, so your father, your uncle, and your cousin all played in the NFL. Yes, um, so my dad played for 10 years. Um, my older brother played for, um, I'll say, two years, but, you know, injuries happened. Um, and then I, I've, I, I had a, um, a cousin, a Kenny Stills, that played. So, you know, a, a, a big wow. family of football. Big family of football. 
Wow. Wow, what, that is incredible. Can I ask you, what, what did your father play? What uh, position? Linebacker, defensive end. Linebacker, yeah. defensive end right there. Okay. And, and a lot of special teams. Like He's like a big special teams guy. Well, of course, that's where football happens. You oh, know that, right? Very important. That is the most yeah. unbelievable part of the yeah, game yeah. right there, very of course. Important. How many lamps did you guys break as kids <laughs> in the family room? That's what I want to know. I mean, that, that <laughs> was some serious roughhousing going on there. I mean, me and my older brother probably <laughs> broke. <sighs> Exactly. A bu- probably yeah. a little bit of furniture, a little bit of, you know, the w- holes in the wall, um, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, right. But not anything crazy to where we really get, you know, big time trouble. <laughs> all right, I'll save you. Let's hear from Jonathan Ledbetter, all right? The guy who's uh, next to you in the locker room, your locker mate, veteran, a defensive lineman, talking about Dante Stills recently. Just about, you know, uh, he's been checking everything you need to in terms of what's on the list. He's like a little energy kid. Um, he's going to become a leader for this team as well, and I'm just excited for him and his development and his growth. He's always been kind of a rusher, pass rusher. Um, the biggest thing for, you know, when he came in was like, hey, like, just play the run, use the techniques that, you know, we're trying to teach you um, from from top down, and um, he's been doing that. He's been buying in very well, um, getting off of blocks, just being violent, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, our defense is physical. Uh, we play with a lot of motor and a lot of violence, and he's doing all of those things. He exudes all of those things. So based on that comment and what JG has said about you, your biggest improvement has come in playing the run. True or false? True. How so? What, where, where, and how did you need to improve? Um, this is a lot of technique, um, you know, hand placement, footwork, um, kind of knowing what the blocks you're getting. That's kind of the big thing now. Um, knowing what blocks I'm getting out, you know, a, a certain formations that helps me a lot now. Um, it's just really just, it's just being physical, you know, at, at the point of attack. That's kind of at the end of the day, um, ball get off. Um, and, and kind of just thinking without, you know, to be free, but also do your job. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm just learning how to just fit into the defense and how, you know, how have certain technique when I'm lined up at, at a four hour or three is very different. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's a lot. But, you know, I'm enjoying it. I'm, 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 I'm taking in as much knowledge as I can every day. Uh, I'm just trying to absorb as much, you know, knowledge as I can. You know, when you say learning as well, yeah. right, um, so much of the time, especially my rookie year, I learned so much from the veterans, yeah. so much from the guys that were in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you learn schematically, of course, what your job is and what, it, what, what your assignment is and mm-hmm. what it is you've got to do. Of course, you learn all of that stuff, but, man, the how to do it so much of the time a veteran would pass along some information a little technique i I listen to jonathan ledbetter right there and i think has he done this to you at all has he passed along any type of advice or any type of technique that you have used yes so many times you know after you know a play where you know we're in practice and you know i kind of had the wrong technique he'll just pull me to the side and tell me like this is how you need to do it and a lot of times i'll just watch him you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you know, he had, like, he still has, like, I would say, better technique. Um, he, he's been in the league a lot longer, so he's kind of had the, you know, games played and experience. Um, but, you know, just watching them guys, you know, I, I, I sit back and kind of just, you know, but this is when I first got here. I really, right. I sat back and I was just like, all right, like, do this, do that. You know, I'm just very hard on myself, so I just try to do everything right. Um, by the end of the day, I'm never going to be perfect. I'm, I'm going to mess up. But it just I just have to be consistent with, you know, the certain technique and footwork and stuff like that. Yeah, Jonathan Ledbetter is one of those underrated leaders in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I, I like what he said recently. Look, we're either hanging or banging. You know, at this point in the season, you're either hanging your head or you're coming out, you're banging. And that was his yep. message, and yep. a lot of guys listened to that. Here's your uh, defensive coordinator, Nick Rollis, just talking about how you've been taking huge steps in building your game. 
he's taken a huge step in both the run game and his pass rush. Like in, in the run game, you know, I was pretty harsh on him for escaping blocks a certain way or not using his hands or taking false steps. And you just don't see that happening right now. You know, I did see that pass rush. He, he started rushing on a little bit different level just from his technique, and you saw the results of it. So I was pleased with how he was rushing. He was using power to push the pocket and then working an edge to get off and, and finish some sacks. So that was coming off the Baltimore game there where he had a sack and a half of Lamar Jackson. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you going to take us through the sack of Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I mean, you know, tell us, give us a little play-by-play -play how that went down. So how I saw it in my eyes, you know, I knew, you know, Lamar is very explosive. He could run and, and, and escape the pocket. So I didn't want to commit to one side of the office lineman so he can just kind of just go through the B-gap. I think he yeah, has a B-gap. I, I didn't want to commit to the C for Katane, but um, – but, I wanted to stay kind of like, kind of like a shadow him. I wanted to stay in front of him, mirror him a little bit, and then I, I kind of just I took my shot, and I'll just like just go get him. So <laughs> that's kind of my whole thought process. I, I, like I said in the game, I didn't really think about like, oh, it's Lamar, but you know, after <laughs> definitely, I was like, you're Dang. just balling. Yeah, you're I was, just I was playing just, right there. I'll just be zoned out, you know. <laughs> so I have to ask this, of course. Um, Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh game is coming up, isn't it? We're going to yeah, be weeks, yeah. at Pittsburgh yeah. taking on the Steelers right there. Fairmont is how far from Pittsburgh? Hour 30, okay. hour 45. So yeah. I would imagine in Fairmont, West Virginia, there's a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans, a lot, yeah. right? So what's that going to be like for you going back and playing in Pittsburgh? Um, it's going to be crazy. You know, I played there uh, last year. Well, yeah, it was, I'll say like a year and a half. I'll say like a year ago um, in college when we played uh, Pitt, versus, Pitt, Pitt versus West Virginia. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the backyard, the backyard ball. ball. So just being there, playing in, in that stadium, it was crazy because, like, it's an NFL stadium. But, you know, going back now, it's, it's, it's different, you know. And I, I wanted to get to that point. You know, I, I think that's motivation playing in um, – um, NFL Stadium, especially knowing that there's scouts in the, in the building and possibly, you know, you know Steelers. Um, so I, I really wanted to, you know, play hard. And, uh, you know, going back now, it's just I feel like, you know, I have a lot of family coming, a lot of friends. <laughs> I was going to say, how many tickets are you buying, man? I mean. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's, gonna, it's definitely going to be a lot of people there with, with a lot of red, um, you know. Hopefully for us, you know, but, um, you know, it's, it, 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 well, there ain't going to be us for us. But, <laughs> but you know, overall, is I'm definitely excited to be, you know, back, you know, yeah. close to home for sure. Yeah. What's hilarious is when Bertrand Berry used to host this show, okay? Yeah. You know, uh, a noted Pro Bowl pass rusher, uh, he'd go home to Texas, and his dad would go to see his game, and he'd still wear Cowboys gear to the game. <laughs> it's like, be training his dad. It's like, yeah. come on now, That's right, Paul. Come on. Yeah. You know, what's up with that? By the way, one time, uh, let's see, we were uh, we were in West Virginia, what, five, six, ten years ago, whatever it was, at the Greenbrier, and mm. I made the mistake of driving with Ron Wolfley in a rental car <laughs> from the yeah. Greenbrier to Morgantown. It's about three hours. Yeah. Two and a half hours of that, Wolf told me the story of the legend of the Mothman oh, yeah. in West Virginia. I'm like, can you just slow down to about 20 miles an hour? I'll fling myself out and do a tuck and roll. I mean, it was uh, just Boy, agonizing. I can't, I can't believe you remember that. The I bring, Mothman. I bring that up because Charles Barkley's infinitely more entertaining on the Dave Pash podcast where you can get now wherever you get your podcast. He is the latest big get by Dave Pash and the pod. Follow along on Twitter via Pash Pod. And uh, look, we're going to continue with Dante Stills. we got to get more into Kyler, what was practice all about. 
We'll get into, oh, I don't know, a certain all-time Cardinal who's playing for the Falcons coming back to town in Calais Campbell and a former host of the Big Red Rage. We'll talk about all that and more with Dante Stills, the round six rookie and starter on that Cardinals defensive front, all presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. We are live from Trophy and Chandler, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson. Go. Back to throw Murray in trouble. Spins out of there to his left, being chased by two Vikings, and launches it deep, wide open, near side at the 40s. Rondell Moore caught at the 30, at the 20, at the 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Kyler Murray, you are ridiculous. Murray Magic, 77-yard touchdown pass. 99.9% of the quarterbacks on the planet get sacked. But not only does Kyler Murray not get sacked, he throws a touchdown. Nasty is as nasty does, and we all know that Kyler Murray is nasty. The stuff you see in dreams and in video games, but not in the NFL. Wow. Yeah, what happens when one of the best athletes in the NFL is playing quarterback? That's what happens right there. You get highlight real plays like that one, the 77-yard Escape and touchdown toss to Ron Dale Moore. Once upon a time, we are live from Trophy and Chandler. It is the Big Red Rage starring Dante Stills tonight, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. All right, so give us a first impression of Kyla Murray. Because uh, in the locker room, guys have been, you know, a few guys have said, you know what, I've been trying to tell the younger guys what it looks like, what Kyler looks like when he's healthy, when he's making plays, when he's escaping the pocket. So you've witnessed it now firsthand the last three weeks of practice. Uh, what's your first impression of K1? He's just locked in. I feel like he's very focused on, you know, coming back and performing at a high level. Uh, you know, I just he, – he, he's putting the ball in the right places. You know, I'm on defense. So, I mean, we try to prevent that. But, you know, just seeing it in practice, you know, as my teammate, it's just like – Dang, like, I feel like he, had, he hasn't missed a step. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 No, you know what, honestly, um, Dante, it's interesting because I wonder what the offense for the the Cardinals is going to look like on Sunday. I really do. Um, I think we're going to move them around. I already said this. Put them under center. Put them in the shotgun. Put them in the pistol. But also, too, I think we're going to run the ball. That's what I would do. I, I would want to see him in a very balanced offense, the best that we could possibly put him in. Now, I realize at some point in time, if the game is close, of course, you're going to have to try to win the game. And if you're down by a couple of possessions, right, and now all of a sudden you got to think of starting to throw the ball. I hope that we don't become one-dimensional ever. I hope we stay balanced with Kyler Murray because then you can run the ball. You can use also max protection. I would love to see this, Paulie. This is just me. I would love to see an eight-man protection, a max protection where you release Michael Wilson, and Hollywood Brown into the pattern right there. You have Michael Wilson coming in and then, or even Rondale Moore coming in and then over the top, here comes Hollywood Brown, right? I'd love to see an eight-man protection. I'd love to see that max protection right there coming off of play action and taking shots down the field. Paulie, do you remember Kyler Murray two years ago and the way that Kyler Murray was throwing the ball, especially deep, two years ago? You know what I remember is the Cardinals starting 7-0, 10-2, and 
because why? They had a top 10 oh, running game baby. to yes. go with Kyler Murray. That's exactly what it was. It was the running game and the play action that was being used, but the shots were being taken down the field. Last year, there were hardly any shots taken down the field. We were talking about it all year long, how Kyler was not throwing the ball down the field. And... We were perplexed by that, a lot of us. That's what he's got to get back to, but you got to put him in an offense that is going to emphasize that. And if that means going eight-man protection and releasing two receivers into the route and taking pre-planned forced shots down the field, Paul, I would love to see that happen. Dante, how do you feel about all of what I just said? I mean, I just feel like, you know, if we just – I feel like, you say, like, if you do match protection, I mean, I feel like it would be great. Uh, I feel like the running the ball is very important um, with a team's success, especially on offense. Yes. Uh, if, if you're able to run the ball consistently and, and effectively, then uh, the chances of you winning the game is very high. And, you know, as a defense, so our first thought is stopping stop the run. Yes. So, and personally, I feel like that's the most important thing when it comes to a game because if you can't stop the run, then – it's going to be a long night. <laughs> and oh, sure. by the way, the two-time Pro Bowl running back James Conner is tracking to play by all indications. So that would be huge. Right there, Paulie, exactly right. James Conner, now, now think about this. This is where Kyler needs to grow the most. You put him under center, you got James Conner with his toes at seven. All of a sudden, boom, he's going to attack the line of scrimmage. It's first and 10, Paul. You got 12 personnel out on the field, and you're going to attack the line of scrimmage. Look, here comes James Conner, and there's Kyler Murray running to the mesh point with James Conner. Now, if you're if you're on that second level and you're a linebacker and you're looking at that, Dante, what are you going to do? You're going to suck yeah, your up. Gonna be you're going like... to be like, man, that's James Conner. James Conner's 232 pounds. He can yeah. stoke it. He can run me over. He can embarrass yep. me right mm -hmm. here. You're going to say he's not going to embarrass me, yeah. and you're going to take that step forward. Yep. And that's all Kyler Murray needs or any quarterback to suddenly, boom, pull it out of the bread basket, hook right up in the pocket, and throw the ball, in particular, across the middle of the field. This is what I want to see from Kyler Murray from the pocket. And two years ago, he did it. He did it on a regular basis two years ago and now the question is how soon before we see it again and as we noted earlier uh jonathan gannett had something to say about that and then kyler murray had his own response here's the head coach and the starting quarterback we got to be willing to understand that it might not look like kyler you know and um and i think he's got a good expectation of that the coaches have a good expectation of that but i know this he's gonna come out there and and play his game and help us win he told me that to my face and i kind of laughed at him but it's uh no it's um you know i i understand the thought process you know but every time i touch the field i'm trying to do my thing and that's you know obviously win i understand the thought process behind you know hey take it slow you know don't be too hard on yourself you know, this is week, what, 9, 10, whatever it is. You know, I've missed all this time, you know, sort of going to it thinking that. Um, like, I hear what he's saying, but, you know, that's not in my head. Here's the other thing I'll cite. is the beginning of last season, the first seven games before Hollywood Brown injured himself at Seattle. First six games, he was top seven in all the receiving stats. That's right, Paul. Kyler and Hollywood Brown had a really, I mean, beneficial and productive chemistry going of course they go back to the Oklahoma days and what has been maybe the most frustrating vexing part of the Cardinals offense so far this season how many times Hollywood Brown has beaten coverage and we haven't connected right Cardinals have not connected have not made defenses pay because on film Hollywood Brown's having a Pro Bowl season yes it just hasn't shown up in the box score yet yes so I'm, I'm expecting that is going to be a big deal and
you know, and whether it's a process or not, as for the knee and, you know, whether Kyler's going to truly unleash it and run the 4-3, well, we asked him about that, that process of trusting it after the injury. If I was thinking about it right now, I wouldn't be out here. So uh, in order for me to get better, I, I have to trust it. You know, I have to try. If the doctor tells me I'm good, then we're good. But, you know, as far as being scared, you get one day of, you know, those reps to be, you know, kind of hesitant. But after that, we got to go. So that was kind of the mindset. A couple of guys have cited in practice, Dante, just how competitive Kyler is. Have you seen evidence yeah. of that? Yeah, very competitive. Every play he's in, he's always looking to, uh, to make the right throw and just, a punch, you know, and just, you know, a march down the field on us. And that's kind of his whole. His, his whole mindset, I, I, I can just tell that he's very, you know, locked in and very just prepared, you know, for the moments that, that are, are about to come. And that, to me, is going to be the biggest challenge for Kyler. It really is going forward. Is not thinking about the knee at all. Not getting to a point where he's just reacting, where he's just balling. The way that he always did, Paulie. You know, just the way he's always played. He's got to get to that point. And that, folks, is easier said than done. It really is. When you suffer a serious injury like what he did, especially because it was non-contact. It was non-contact for Kyler. He was just out there running like he has a million times before, and there goes the ACL. He's going to have to get over that hurdle mentally that it's not going to fly out his armpit all over again. And that's again, is a lot harder than you think. Wolf mentioned some of the defensive looks the Cardinals got, especially last year, a lot of that too high safety shell look, okay? And then along the defensive line, there was a lot of either muddle huddle type stuff, right, along the line and or, um, let's just say that defensive linemen weren't all that aggressive crashing off the edges yes. because they didn't want Kyler to escape. Yeah. You guys used a lot of that against Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah. Isn't that a popular defensive philosophy going against the really athletic quarterbacks? Yeah, um, it's definitely a thing that we look for on film. If he, you know, where he escapes, you know, a B gap, A gap, you know, outside, you know, to the sideline. It's kind of just a lot of game plan stuff. Um, they say if there's a guy that, you know, like kind of like Lamar, kind of like Kyler, that can get out of the pocket very quick, um, you got to be smart with your rushes. You know, uh, stay, you know, on a high shoulder. Uh, don't run past the quarterback kind of stay in front of him and mirror him um, and then uh, wait till he you know tries to escape and you know, uh, think it off the block and make the play so once again Paulie just in summation okay as I'm making my point building my case right here am I supposed to be taking notes yes, here? I want you to take notes Paulie write on? it down okay. right now right. we're gonna see him run the ball he's gonna hand the ball off a lot I'm talking about the Cardinals running the ball we're gonna see max protection and some shots downfield. We're going to see the quick game. One, two, three, boom, get it out. We're going to see little half rolls as well, move the pocket. And I don't think we're going to see a lot of called runs. I think scrambles, have at it, Kyler. Called runs, I don't think we're going to see it, Paulie. If you want to see it, single game tickets on sale, azcardinals.com slash buy tickets to secure your seats today. Now, whether Kyler's going to be running, um, I prefer the man who likes to cram it vertical, James Conner, myself, <laughs> the man, the mindset. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And who's coming with the Falcons, a former host of this show, when we continue the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Powell deep in the pocket again, steps up. Calais Campbell, that is sack 100. How about that? A little dirty bird on it by Calais for 100. And everybody on that defense knows how big that was right there. 
sack 100 in the 16-year career of Calais Campbell. That is remarkable. Falcons Radio Network, that happened this season against Washington. The 42nd player in NFL history with 100 or more sacks in their career, Whoa. Calais Campbell, <laughs> in his 16th season, former host of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. And yes, he now plays for the Atlanta Falcons, but he'll always be our guy. That's right. You don't skip a rock. Yeah. How about it? Let's give him some applause right yeah. there. Calais Campbell, just the best dude ever. Round two, 2008 is when he was drafted. Think about that. And think about the scan report when he came out to, oh, he doesn't have a motor. Yeah, they could have been more it. wrong. That was it, Paul. That was so, there you go. Uh, that is someone to live up to in so many different ways for our rookie here on the show. Dante Stills is our guest here at Trophy and Chandler, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson. Great food here, Trophy. You'll experience that in a moment. Wolf has mm. already experienced that, as yeah. you can see. Uh, he's sure to get here early and, and get fed. And, when, you know, a few years ago, let's just – we keep it real on this show. Mm. A few years ago, Wolf was about <laughs> 270 All right, or so. that's an off ball. And a big reason why was pepperoni. Wolf has a thing for pepperoni. And I notice here that your hometown of Fairmont, West Virginia, is home to the Country Club Bakery, Ooh. which is where – what is the snack? The, what, what is it famous for? The uh, A pepperoni roll. Yeah. Oh, okay. man. Okay, tell us about that. What is a pepperoni roll exactly? It's pretty much just bread with pepperoni in it. <laughs> I mean, but what I do, you know, I, I, I open it up and I put peppers in it. And then I, 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 I put it back in the, uh, like, the microwave or something like that, heat it up. And, and it's very good, very good. Okay, so typically, does the pepperoni roll have any cheese in it, Dante? It can, yes. It, it can yes. from time to time. Yes. but. There are a lot of them that don't actually have any yeah. cheese in it. They're so good, Paul. It really is. I mean, imagine yeah. it, it's soft. It's soft roll, and it's served warm. It's a pepperoni roll. <laughs> are you kidding me? Does See, it get much better than that? Wolf, Wolf thought, Pass the Franks, please. Wolf thought he was an expert because he's from Buffalo, but no, Fairmont considers itself to be the pepperoni roll capital of the world. Incredible. So, Every very place you can find is pepperoni rolls. All right, so there you go. Uh, guess what? You guys got to go in. You got to roll over Atlanta. There's my segue. And here's <laughs> Jonathan Gannon uh, about how. How do you do that? Because Atlanta, like almost every team you played recently comes in with a top 10 running game so mm -hmm. here's your head coach on arthur smith and their offense they get in a, a lot of different groups and a lot of they're very flexible and um adaptable with their position groups and how they deploy people and make it hard for you to defend so we got a work cut out for us but we know that he likes to control the game through the run game so we're gonna have to do a good job Talking about Arthur Smith. Once upon a time, they shared an office together as quality control coaches in Tennessee. Think about that. Arthur Smith and Jonathan Gannon. You can catch the entire episode of Cardinals Game Plan tomorrow, 6.30 on 12 News. And, Wolf, you've been talking about that. Uh, and, and Dante, I have, Right? I mean, so they have all these different personnel groups. Mm. What does that mean for a defensive lineman? Um, it's really, you know, at, at, boy, if, uh, once you put your hand in the dirt, um, it's kind of tunnel vision. But, you know, pre-snap indications, you know, just watching film constantly and understanding of uh, a team, a team, a team's tendency, um, you know, throughout a certain formation. So it's really just pre-snap reads. Um, and it's really just um, a, a, a getting 11 hats to the ball constantly the whole game, uh, you know, and stuff like that. You know, what's amazing about it right now, Paul, I just got to I just got to get this out of me. 39% of the time in rundown situation. That's, Paul, that's 40%, okay? You know, 39% of the time, they're in 12 personnel. Yeah. 
First and 10, second and one to six. They're in 12 personnel, and they are 50-50 in terms of running the ball and throwing the ball. 24% of the time, which is a large, that's a large percentage of the time right there in rundown situation. They're in 21 personnel. That's two backs, Paul. And they run the ball 65% of the time in those situations. They're in 11 a significant amount of time. They're in 13, 12% of the time. They're in 22 as well. There are five different personnel groups that they use in rundown situation. They're under center. They're in the gun. They're in the pistol. They are multiple. They are varied. And, and they do a lot of different things, and they balance the old and the new better than anyone else in the league, in my opinion. And they have two very tough running backs, don't they, Dante? They have a top 10 rookie, B. John Robinson from Tucson, and then they have a guy, Tyler Algier. We saw him last year. He was a former inside linebacker at BYU. They converted to running back. It's crazy. This dude runs angry. I mean, this dude is physical. So uh, you tell us, I mean, how much of their scheme is just power run straight ahead? You know, a lot of it, you know, um, you know, Bijan, you know, I got the chance to play against him back in college for four years. So I have an understanding, but, you know, just watching the film, he's definitely, you know, grown to be a better ball player. Um, you know, th- th- they harp on running the ball, you know. So, so, so our, our main goal is stopping the run. If we can stop their run and they, wait, yeah. What was the percentage? Like 67, 60? It is. Five like times. Don't get them started again. Yeah, no, so, no. Yeah, so that's you know a, a big part of their game plan. So if, if we stop that, then we'll be fine. Well, think about this, Polly, right here. They are number six in the National Football League in rushing attempts per game. Mm-hmm. Now, Paul, is the record great, by the way? No, uh, no four and five. They're four and five, Polly. They've been behind in games, and yet they're number six in the league in rushing attempts. That's dog ball right there they run the ball 30 times a game on average here's my stat Bijan robinson is number three in the nfl in yards after contact behind christian mccaffrey and derrick henry oh boy so you better wrap up and like you said earlier get a lot of hats to the ball because he is breaking tackles left and right how about it everyone for dante stills cardinals rookie thank you having an unbelievable start to his nfl career thoroughly enjoyed it here from Trophy ah, and Chandler, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson. Thanks, as always, Jim Almohandro, Cody Fincher, Ali Narini, Walt Ellis, Lawrence Ellis. Thank you, everyone, coming on down every Thursday night. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford.